Thank you for listening to The Wonder Podcast. I'm Joe Vacanti. It's our desire that you would take this message and that you would choose to live the life God always imagined for you. So every hero must decide, what will we do with the power given to us? Maybe you've had a, a friend or a coworker, you had a great working relationship, and they got a promotion, or someone came into uh, wealth or money, and all of a sudden, your friend changed. Something changed, and you didn't like it very much. See, power reveals what's inside of us. We may, we may think that power or wealth corrupts people, but it actually just reveals what was already inside of us. And so if you want to ever see what's inside of you, and when you find yourself in a position of power, what do you do with it? For some people, the first position of power you'll be given is when you're a parent and the kids are little. And of course you're going to do that because I said so, right? If that's your way of parenting, good luck. (laughs) This is why though, Only God can be trusted with absolute power. This is why God is the only one because what God is made up of is love. What God is made up of is kindness. This is his essence. That is why he's truly the only one who can be trusted with it. And there's something else about God's essence, something else about his character, why he can be trusted with absolute power. When I was in college, a friend of mine, Chris, we were roommates. This is when you had an answering machine and you would pre-record something. And we had a, a blast recording new messages all the time. So one of our messages, you'd call us and it would say, this is Chris. This is Joe. We're out stealing from the rich and giving to the poor and keeping 10% for ourselves. Now, we stole that. That was Robin Hood, the moniker of, of Robin Hood. If you like uh, hero movies, more recently, The Arrow, right? He wears this hood, and he's known as, as the man under the hood. Now, I, I love the story of superheroes, but Robin Hood and Arrow, they weren't the first to put on the hood. Jesus said this in Matthew 20. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and gave his life as a ransom for many. The hood Jesus was known for was servanthood. And this is the hero that we must awaken in every one of us. If God lives in us, we must awaken the nature of servanthood. Now hearing this, if you heard this live, would not be very encouraging. See, we live in a free country. It's free. But the people who heard this were not free. 
The people who heard this were under Roman rule and oppression. They thought Jesus, the Messiah, was going to come as a powerful king to overthrow the governments and the oppressors. So when Jesus comes and says, become a servant, oh man. (laughs) And don't, don't we get that way? It's like, oh, servanthood. Maybe it was like a trick. Ah, maybe it's a test. Like maybe I like do this for a little bit and then I don't have to serve. You know, maybe it's like this thing where, okay, I'll serve. But then at the end, I, I get to be in the penthouse or something. And like, hey, I tell the story. Yeah, I, you know, I used to hand out crackers and here I am, you know, throwing them from the 300 level with everybody else. But this is the hero we must awaken us. And I love that Chris, uh, Christmas is coming in winter because every time it's windy, And you put on a hood. I want you to remember that Jesus told us to put on the hood. And it's going to be a reminder of us. I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve people wherever I go. I love that Jesus says, whoever wants to become great. Sometimes we think Jesus just wants us to be like these, you know, graveling on the ground people. I got to be humble. God. I mean. What's cool is he says, whoever wants to become great. Now, maybe not everyone has a desire to become great. But if you're a person who says, I got, I got one life to live. I want to do something with it. I, I want to become great. Jesus says, whoever wants to become great. And he says, serve. It's really encouraging. He doesn't say, you know, if you want to be average, He says, if you want to become great. And he gives us something practical. He says, to serve. And I know for some of you today, it's like, ah, this is how I become great. This is a disappointment. But this is the heroic way. This is the way God guides us. In fact, once you see it, you see it everywhere in scripture. It's hard to unsee it. In Luke 9, it says, no one who puts his hand to a plow looks back and looks back, is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now, maybe you focus on the first part of that verse. Jesus says, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back. But the second part, he says, is fit for service in the kingdom of God. I mean, didn't we think the kingdom of God was like peace, meditation, taking a bath, relaxing, singing, resting, right? He says the kingdom of God is, it's about service. You're going to be serving. Servanthood is the way of the kingdom. That's why we're going to put on the hood when you walk out the door. And John 13 said, Jesus knew the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So just reading this, Think, okay, Jesus knew that the Father put all things under his power. So if all things are under Jesus' power, when Jesus walks into this room, he's the most powerful man in the room. So what happens when the most powerful person in the room walks in? What posture are we going to take? So as he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, he wrapped a towel around his waist. 
And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around them. What happens when the most powerful person walks in a room? He puts on a hood and he serves people. Paul, one of Jesus' disciples, said this in Galatians. You, my brothers and sisters, we are called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. I was actually asked this week, why did you start Hope Rising? What was the motivation behind it? And I'd answered that love is a powerful motivator. If you're born in the certain generation, Meatloaf said, I would do anything for love, right? But you don't have to know Meatloaf to know this is true. I mean, when you're in love, you do anything in the beginning. You, you know, you're sending text messages, you're drawing pictures, you're writing poetry, you're writing songs. When I first met Kate, I set a standard for myself that was too hard to keep. Every month I wrote a love song. I mean, the Backstreet, I changed everything. The Backstreet Boys songs, you are my, f- I mean, every, every month was a different song. How can, long can you keep this up? This is a lot. But this is what we do when we're in love. It's a great motivator. And I shared with this person that this, this was a passage and a verse that was spoken all throughout the centuries, even in the Old Testament. This is love your neighbor as yourself. That's why we do what we do. Because we're motivated by love. What I love about this passage too is if you ever open up the Bible and you just, man, there's so much in here. I love that's kind of like the Cliff Notes version. Like if, if you're new to faith, you're not sure like, what do I do? What are some first steps I got to do? But if you're new to the faith, he sums it up. He says, uh, the entire law is fulfilled. Keeping this one command, love your neighbors yourself. And he gives us a picture of it. He says, serve people humbly in love. You know, some people are so overwhelmed trying to figure out God's purpose and will for their life. And this verse says, you're called to be free. And I just love helping to free people. So many people I meet might talk to me about following God or God's will. I'm trying to find it. So much anxiety. I just want to give you some freedom today. You know, in the beginning, it won't be on the screen, but when God created everything, you know, Adam and Eve, he said, be fruitful, multiply, you know, take care of the, the air, the land, the fish, the sea, everything, right? He said, choose, be free. Hey, there's just one thing you can't do. All right, and we all know what that was. And if you're not, you have to look it up. Because there's just one thing you can't do. And then we become followers of Christ. We walk in his ways. And we put this prison on ourselves that now it's just this one thing we have to do. And everything else is wrong way. Ah, went over here. Oops, wrong way. Ah, oh, ah. 
is that God is making it so difficult for us to figure it out when he makes it clear what his will is and his desire for us is to love our neighbors as ourselves, is to serve people. But we get so overwhelmed. And the thing is, does God have like a specific thing for me though? Here's what I encourage you with. If God wants to send you to Egypt, he'll give you six jealous brothers who will sell you into slavery. And eventually, like Joseph, you will find yourself in Egypt. But be free. See, be free in your choices, but you know the kind of person you're supposed to bring to every one of those choices. If it's a Disney operator, we know what we're going to be doing there. Serving people and loving people. And if it's FedEx or if it's an inventor, it's the kind of person we bring. And Jesus says, uh, love your neighbor and serve one another. Paul talks about the idea of putting on the hood in 1 Peter. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Now, we love these kinds of verses when we read them. It's like, ooh, a gift. I have a gift. This is awesome. It's about me now. This is a fun passage. But once you discover what your gift is, he says, yeah, it's, it's not for you. It's to serve others. And it's the purpose of it. And so I'm convinced, because this says it, that everyone here has been given a gift by God. And what are you supposed to do with it? It's not for ourselves. It's to serve others, to build others up. And if you're not sure, like, I, I don't know what my gift is. You know, we love taking tests. When you're in high school, middle school, we hate tests, right? But when we get older, we, we want to find out about ourselves. I got to find out my Myers-Briggs, my Enneagram, my spirit animal. You know, all, we, we just want it. Every time there's a new test, we're taking it because we want to know who we are. But one of the greatest ways to find out what your gifts is, is the same way they found out. They didn't take any tests. You know, they served people. And in the context of a community and friends, people saw them and said, you're really good at this. You're really good at leading. And every time you speak, I feel like God's speaking to me. So you want to discover what your gifts are, maybe start serving. Maybe some people will tell you what it is. Another verse, Ephesians 4, says, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ Jesus, uh, Christ appointed it. This is why it said, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. See, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Every gift is given to serve and to serve others. You know, these people he mentioned, they're here to serve people. You know, power should never be used to overpower people, but to empower people and see them released. And one of the things Kate and I want every person that's ever a part of Wonder for whatever season you're here, is we want to see you fulfill the dreams that God has given you. We want to come alongside and encourage you in your dreams. You know, we don't have a lot of programs here at Wonder. And that was very intentional from the beginning. Because 
Kate and I can only juggle so many things. We have kids, and if everyone says, hey, we got to do this, we got to have this, and okay, now I'm playing 10 instruments, and we got to do this, and it's impossible. But we started and saying, you know what? God's people, if they just awaken the heroic nature in them, they have gifts. And so we see people from this room all the time. You guys are doing incredible things out in the world. And we as a church want to come alongside and support and show up and encourage what you're doing. If God ever elevates us and you to any arena of life, if he ever elevates us to a position of power, it's for a reason. It's to serve other people. We see it in the Old Testament, David in Psalm 78. Because he chose David, his servant, and he took him from the sheep pens, from tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob. David, his servant. We all love the story. If you've been familiar with David and Goliath, you know, it's going to be the promo when the Bills play, you know, the Chiefs. It's David versus Goliath, right? It's, it's always in the, the stories, right? But right before David and Goliath actually happened, right before David got to fight him, right before David got his legend, his father told him this. Hey, David, your brothers are at the front line of battle. Go bring them lunch. In fact, look what he says in 1 Samuel 17. He says, David, take along these 10 cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are? And bring back some assurance from them. David didn't show up. Armor on. John Rambo. Music. Rocky. Come on. He's like, hey guys, I got some cheese. Who needs some cheese? Now what I loved about David was the heroic was already in him. He already fought the thing. Somebody heard Goliath saying, who is this guy? I don't care. Chiefs, you know, who are these people? We'll beat we'll beat them. It was already in David, but David was a servant, bringing cheese, serving lunch. And what's so cool is by serving, it led him to a greater opportunity to eventually become king. You know, if you want to discover what's really deep down inside in your heart, show up at a, at a party, and someone's like, "Hey, can, hey welcome! Can you uh, pass out this cheese?" <laughs> cheese. I want Cam, come hang out. Start passing out cheese and, and, and see what's inside. Because there are times, and I'm asked to pass out cheese, and it's like, uh, I've worked my way up. I gotta pass out cheese again? What if David would have said, I'm not, I'm not delivering this cheese to my brothers. What would his life have looked like? So if the character of God is goodness, if the character of God is patience, if the character of God is kindness, we see these as fruits of the Spirit, is it possible that the character of God is also a servant? And when God calls us to serve, he's not calling us to something low, but he's calling us to experience life as he does because he knows where life can truly be found. So our encouragement today is to put on the hood. Let us be known as men and women who are people under the hood. Carry this, this attitude with us, this hero with us.
So Jesus was hung on a cross. And on that cross, there was a sign that said, King of the Jews. We know that was a a mockery because, you know, here's a guy hanging naked on a cross, hardly a king. In fact, Jesus didn't conquer anything. He didn't conquer, I mean, Alexander the Great conquered stuff. The Romans conquered stuff. They built empires. What did Jesus conquer? And yet today, Alexander's empire is gone. The Roman Empire fell. And we're singing songs about Jesus who hung on a cross naked, a servant. But Jesus did actually conquer a kingdom. And Jesus did actually conquer another king. A lot of times we think God has come to conquer us. God is mad at us. He's angry at us. But the scriptures tell us the kingdom that Jesus conquered. In 1 John 3, it says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Jesus' war was not against any human. It was against evil. It was against the devil's work. And we know what his work is. We, it's anytime we choose less than love. It's anytime we steal, we destroy, that's the devil's work. And that's the work that ultimately caused Adam and Eve and every human to suffer death. Because we were actually created to live forever, to never die. But when evil came into the world, death entered the world. And that's what Jesus conquered. That's the kingdom that he destroyed. Because although Jesus died three days later, this is not in scripture, but it's just my idea. You know, he had that, he was wrapped in burial clothes. And I just imagine, I don't know how they came off, but maybe bottom part came off and maybe he still had the stuff over his head and for the first time Jesus took off a hood he said I'm back so today I want to give everyone an opportunity to enter into the greatest relationship and I want to give you an opportunity to let Jesus serve you again this morning Because Jesus has always been a servant. I want to give us an opportunity to let him serve us this morning. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And that was a picture and a symbol of what his death did for us. Every one of us can honestly say, you know, we could walk into any room sometime, just have a bunch of mud over us. Times we had a bad attitude, didn't want to carry the cheese. Things we've said, things we've done. We just carry it like mud. And what Jesus did on the cross washes us clean, clean slate. Maybe today you'd allow Jesus to serve you, to forgive you of everything you've ever done, everything you ever will do in the future.
So if you hear, everyone just bow their heads for a moment. If you're here today and you've actually never crossed that line of faith, you never crossed that line of faith and have given Jesus your life. I tell you today, God is for you. You're not his enemy. But we all know we have made decisions that were less than loving. And today, Jesus wants you to walk out of here free. Because when you think about the decisions of the past, the mud that's on you, you carry shame, you carry guilt. I want you to be free this morning to not carry any guilt or any shame. I can't do nothing. I'm only a messenger to what Jesus said, that if you would give him your life, he would forgive us of everything. He would wash us clean. And in return, we just follow him. We follow his ways, the ways of a servant. So if that's you today, You don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to raise a hand. You could do this any way that means something to you. Maybe today is a day where you say, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. I'm turning from myself. I'm turning from my way. I'm turning to you the way of life, the way of hope, the way of truth. Jesus, today, I want to give you my life. Thanks to all who give to Wonder Church. Your sacrifice makes this podcast possible. Thanks for listening. And live your life in such a way that will make the world wonder. There must be more.